The Echo Chamber, brought to you by The Homes Report and produced by the international broadcast specialist, Marketeers. This broadcast from Can Lions is brought to you by Ketchum. Hello everyone and welcome to the Echo Chamber. This is Maya Pavinska-Sims, EMEA editor at the Homes Report. And I'm in sunny south of France today at the Cannes Lions International Festival of Creativity with two great guests for the podcast. So I'm delighted to welcome to the Echo Chamber Ketchum's Chief Strategy and Creativity Officer, Karen Strauss and Liz O'Connor, Associate Principal of uh, Daggerwing, which is now part of Ketchum. So Karen, to introduce you first, you're a torchbearer for creative culture at the agency, I've been told, and you inspire Ketchum's global teams to think beyond traditional PR. Um, you've developed a campaign um, planning philosophy that puts creativity at the heart of Ketchum's work when it requires every single Ketchum campaign to, across the world to lead with an idea that translates across paid and shared and, uh, shared and owned media. Our Liz at Daggerwing um, helps global organisations achieve goals through employee engagement and change programmes. She leads the partnership between Daggerwing and Facebook and supports clients and Ketchum to use Facebook's new workplace platform. Um, Liz is also a member of the Chicago Council on Global Affairs and is on the Chicago board of the Step Up Women's Network, which is a non-profit that helps teenage girls from underprivileged backgrounds be confident, college-bound and career-ready, which I think is a brilliant strapline. So Karen, Liz, welcome to the Echo Chamber. Thanks for joining me today. Um, so today we're going to explore with you both the idea of creative collaboration and fostering a creative culture, both within a creative organisation and with your clients. So, Karen, if I can kick off with you, I understand you've networked Ketchum's global creative community, more than 300 colleagues from around the world. Can you tell us a bit about that, what you're trying to achieve and, uh, and what the results have been so far? Sure, and thank you for having me. Um, Ketchum does pride itself on global collaboration and uh, the speed of business is such that uh, when tasked with generating ideas on behalf of global organizations, uh, we look to harness the brain power of diverse thinkers. Um, the, the death knell of good creative is to rely solely on a single geography for ideas. Uh, and so many, many years ago, uh, before the advent actually of uh, Workplace by Facebook, which uh, Liz will address, we did create something called the Creative Community. Um, and uh, back in the day, we were using um, our own platform to brainstorm on uh, so that anyone at, in any time zone uh, could participate in creative challenges. Mm -hmm. And whoever was the author or originator of a uh, idea challenge would be able to tap uh, the wisdom of the crowd, as it were, and uh, we invited uh, those who self-defined as creative, not necessarily people with creative titles, but people who have an appetite for contributing to creative ideas to participate, and we worked that way for uh, many, many years. Um, and the creative community is still going quite strong. Um, however, we have moved it over to Workplace, um, because there are so many uh, advantages to um, creative sharing, um, frankly, idea bragging, uh, idea uh, generating, idea um, hacking, 
on the Workplace platform. Uh, and I don't want to steal Liz's thunder, so I'm going to let her talk about our shift over to that. Um, there's one other um, collaborative tool that very much predates our uh, adoption of Workplace, and that was um, early days of uh, crowdsourcing, to be perfectly honest. Uh, Ketchum uh, and uh, it would be myself and a small team created uh, a platform that we still have going strong called Mindfire, which is a networked community of college students with a passion for creativity. And we do tap and from all over the world. And whenever we have a creative challenge, we also believe in going out of house. Uh, for input and utilize that platform on a frankly gamified or competitive mm -hmm. basis to generate ideas. Fantastic. So getting the young people involved, always a good idea. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Liz, tell me a bit, take on that point about how uh, Workplace is being rolled out across Ketchum and the work you've been doing there. Sure. Well, Ketchum was actually one of the very first companies to use Workplace by Facebook. Ketchum and Daggerwing joined when it was in beta in June of 2016, mm -hmm. and the platform didn't become publicly available until October of that year. So it was really great to be at the cutting edge of what was happening and be a part of that process and feedback with the team at Facebook and Workplace. So you got the chance to influence the development of the Workplace mm -hmm. platform by working with it at the beta stage, yeah? Mm -hmm. um, and since they've launched in 2016, Daggerwing has become a premium Workplace service partner, which means we help other customers who buy Workplace develop their strategy, design their groups, their communication and engagement plan so that they can ensure a really successful launch and to be able to move their workflows, like some of those creative processes that Karen had mentioned, move those into the tool to do them better, faster, and more mobile. So how is Workplace better from like the old style intranets then? What can you do on Workplace um, that you couldn't do before? Have you heard of Facebook? Mm. Well, <laughs> do you know how that works? Same, same kind of template, isn't it? I it's guess. actually very, very much. It looks like Facebook. It has the same features as Facebook and the same engineering. So it's constantly being updated. So a couple examples are you might be used to logging into your normal workplace or your normal Facebook, excuse me, on your phone and you see your news feed of your friends, the pictures of their babies, all the social things that are going on. Well, workplace is completely separate. It's not tied to your consumer Facebook whatsoever. The company owns all of the data, not Facebook. So it's private and secure and it's really to get work done. So when I log into my workplace, it's a separate app on my phone, but it looks just like Facebook when I'm in there. But it's filled with my colleagues and updates that are relevant to my role because I'm part of groups that are relevant for my job that might not be the same groups. Karen will be in some different groups. We're in some of the same groups, like our CAN group for our delegates who all came here. We used Workplace to plan and collaborate and brainstorm before we all came to right. CAN together. And Karen, can you give me a couple of specific examples where uh, having the Workplace platform has really um, turbocharged creativity within Ketchum? Yeah, um, so among the communities is the creative community, which uh, is frankly, I hope I'm using the right term, but a tab <laughs> on a Workplace that uh, allows any of us 
who are in the throes of uh, a creative challenge to post our challenge and invite an iterative brainstorm. So the beauty is uh, you don't have to consult um, emails, you don't have to lose lists of ideas, but instead uh, it affords you the opportunity to build on your colleagues' ideas. Um, frankly, as I say, 24 hours a day um, across all time zones, which uh, cannot be underestimated when you think about uh, the notion of wanting to have every creative brain in your organization participate without losing uh, a single thought, which was happening previously. So I would have to say uh, the number one usage among the creative community members on Workplace is uh, producing ideas through uh, a build process. Um, I would also add one can use Workplace to vote on or use the like function mm -hmm. to determine what the crowd believes to be the strongest ideas are, um, which from a don't, you know, use the classic, uh, I would say, subjective process of picking the idea you personally favor with your own myopia, you're now using um, the more, somewhat more, uh, I would say, um, uh, worldly perspective of tapping, at this point, something like 350 brains representing a diverse mindset. Mm -hmm. It sounds like uh, it sounds like it irons out quite a lot of the problems of working across borders. Um, in that it's a more informal conversation. It's evolving conversation. It's better than an email oh, chain by yeah. a by a long shot. Chains yeah. and chains of emails and attachments and version control. Just to add to what Karen was saying, I think it really opens up access to information not just bringing the right people in but being able to share that information instantly with a broader group for example if you were doing it in a closed email thread that's a closed conversation only open to the people on that chain and if you have attachments they live in your email maybe you saved it down to a sharepoint or a drive that you share together keeping track of what's the latest version where is that if you do this in a group, like Karen was explaining, it's a group just like a Facebook group, but you can upload documents. It's searchable, files, mm. photos, voting, polling. It's a much more dynamic experience, and you can give access to every voice in the company, every creative brain in the company. We should also add one other important point which we neglected to mention, which is um, in, in, in a time of co-creation, um, we obviously represent a communications consultancy, um, but our clients are critical to the creative process. And so Workplace affords us an opportunity to bring our clients in and participate on Workplace. So they can A, see the you know, sort of creative energy that our organization is producing, and they can frankly weigh in along the way, okay. which is something that we are committing to doing almost without exception, because we think that's very important. And what's the response yeah. from clients been like to being involved in the evolution of the ideas that you're going to come to them with eventually? I have never known a client uh, that 
does not favor being part of the co-creation mm -hmm. process. So the answer is, um, you know, the old adage that the best way to sell an idea is to have um, those who are buying the idea feel that they've been part of creation. Um, I would say as long as I've been in the creative side of the business, that has always been true. Um, in the analog brainstorm environment, I'd sooner have my clients in the room than waiting patiently to hear what it is we're cooking up. Um, so we're just bringing that to the digital realm. And so it's universally positive. Mm -hmm. Did you want to add to that, Liz? Yeah, I was just going to build on that whole co-creation process is so important, not just internally, but how we're working with our clients. Today, people expect information to be transparent, open, and to have a voice in the process. Mm -hmm. The workplace is changing, and our tools haven't caught up yet. Most big companies are still relying on closed communications yeah. with intranets and 10-page email chains going along. Okay, so just to take a bit of a broader view of building a global, collaborative, creative culture, so just to take workplaces that are starting point, but going yeah. beyond that, what are, what are the big challenges and barriers to building a creative culture across borders and collaborating together? I mean, workplaces obviously ironed out a few of those, but it's a, it's a bigger picture than just that one tool as a platform. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and in our work with clients is often broader than workplace. It's about culture. It's about effectively moving through change. And some of the big barriers that we see are culture being one of the biggest. Whether you're doing an M&A transaction, whether you have a new leader, whether you need to evolve your brand, or smaller projects, you need to build in what we call the change muscle, if you will, and it's a mindset and the right behaviors and processes. Okay. It's not about one single tool, it's about having the shared expectations for how you work, how you respond to change. And Karen, what would you add to that? So I think it's relevant to note that a big barrier, obviously, to collaboration are silos. And um, I've never met an organization without silos. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, we at Ketchum uh, face them for a period of time. And, and just uh, recently, we've reorganized and eliminated uh, every geographic PL. So the motivation to keep work close or to limit participation to a smaller group or a geography has now uh, happily been lifted. Mm. Uh, and the reorganization has been by industry sector, um, which cuts across the globe um, and means that we will have uh, new areas of expertise, let's just say, uh, across the globe. Uh, retail experts across the globe, finance experts across the globe, healthcare experts. Um, but I would say, since we are speaking quite a bit about uh, eliminating that that dreaded barrier of uh, geographic insularity, um, which really does affect the quality of ideas, um, by eliminating geographic silos, um, I'm hopeful because this is very new for us, I'm hopeful that we're going to see um, more global thinking. There's a lot of talk about removal of silos mm. in, the, in, in the agency world, looking at agency models now. Do you really think it will have that much 
impact on creativity, removing those kind of artificial geographic barriers? Uh, we're already beginning to see it, to be perfectly honest. It's, it's, it's a big headset change, um, and I've talked to a lot of people who feel uh, relieved that they're not being uh, rewarded or incentivized to uh, work with the person sitting to their right or their left mm. any longer. Um, and thus, uh, I, I do believe that um, we are going to enjoy more diversity of participation. Now, your question about will the creative product improve as a consequence, you know, is really rooted in um, who's participating, at what level of enthusiasm, you know, what kind of, we could, we could sit here and debate, you know, what gives rise to creativity. Um, I, I'm a big believer that sometimes the best ideas are born um, alone, at home, mm -hmm. at three in the morning, by one person. So, yeah. um, who's kidding who here? I mean, their collaboration is a wonderful um, approach to generating great creative. Um, but I would never, uh, nor would a lot of my fellow creative directors, ever dismiss um, the creative genius of a lone wolf. You yeah. know, because mm -hmm. there is a lot of truth to that as well. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's a, it's a it's a it's a balance of both, isn't mm -hmm. it? Enabling, but mm -hmm. uh, not expecting it mm -hmm. to just come from pure collaboration. And and one other um, point to that end is uh, extroversion versus introversion. And one of the beauties of these collaborative platforms, and I've always seen this, we we inaugurated a, a process called I am storming. Storming. Mm -hmm. So we do our creative brainstorms using the I am function. And um, we have seen such an explosion of great creative from people who you might describe as introverts because the classic brainstorm environment is just a place for extroverts. And introverts will routinely tell you that they can't think that way. Yeah. So um, using platforms, the I am storming process workplace has um, invited introverts in. And, and you know, there's a lot of research to say that they are often more creative. Well, yeah, yeah, um, I can completely identify with that. Liz, what would you yeah, add to that? I would just build on that. I think using digital tools is also a great talent attractor when you're looking for the diversity of thought. Mm -hmm. By 2020, 50% of the workforce will be millennials. They're used to doing everything on their phones, everything being digital at the touch of a button. They don't want to have to dig through an intranet to find the information they're looking for. Yeah. And I have a big news flash. Um, my other side job at Ketchum is running uh, our 50 plus practice, which would suggest to everybody listening, I'm over the age of 50 and I do not particularly enjoy running <laughs> through email threads any more than a millennial. So I am more than delighted to embrace and use uh, digital tools. It, it makes um, thinking and um, working mobily uh, far preferable and you know it, it, it's important to note since this um, session is about creativity um, there is no telling when an idea or an idea build is going to arise mm -hmm. so I, if we were making one point above all else if you want to harness um, creative thinking you need to empower people to produce on the go yeah yeah so I have some good examples of that um, I'll be sometimes I'll be walking alone. I'll be thinking about something or on a run, but I have my phone with me because I'm listening to music, but sometimes that's my zone out time. That's when I get creative and insights come to me. Mm -hmm. Now at the touch of a button, it doesn't matter if I'm 
running on the lakeshore in Chicago, at the touch of a button, I can either chat anyone directly in my company without needing their phone number, or post my idea to the group, or even take a picture of something and upload that photo mm -hmm. to help the rest of the team join in and build on that idea or take it to the next level. Mm -hmm. I think it's quite interesting how I saw something on LinkedIn this morning about somebody said there's no such thing as work-life balance anymore and actually it's a redundant phrase because we are we're always on and those ideas come when we're maybe outside working hours whatever they are because we all work right. for global organizations yeah. so actually given that that is happening why not embrace that use more, more platforms that enable you to do that mm -hmm. and and to kind of plug into that inspiration wherever and whenever it yeah. appears. You raise a really important point that companies need to think about as they're rolling out digital collaboration tools is that blurring lines. Mm. You know, does that mean if my director posted on Workplace at midnight my time that I'm expected to respond to that? Let's hope not. Or especially <laughs> large organizations in more regulated fields thinking through or with field mm. operations thinking through hourly labor laws yeah. and HR and legal implications. So being really thoughtful in how you're designing your rollout, yeah. your policies and your governance is critical, not just to set expectations to help people get the most creativity and collaboration and productivity, mm -hmm. but to also do it in the right ways. Yeah, that's a really, that's a really good point. It's kind of a, there's quite a serious level of uh, stuff underpinning the, the mm -hmm. this enables creativity. It's got to be done right within the within yeah. the workplace. Um, now I've uh, I've got this gorgeous little leaflet here that Liz gave me from uh, Daggerwing, which is five creative collaboration hacks for workplace by Facebook. So do you guys want to talk these through with me? They look fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. So number one, we've got make virtual brainstorms more fun. We've mentioned brainstorms, you know how it how it brings introverts into the conversation using workplace and other platforms. Um, tell me a bit about how, how that works. Yeah, so in work chat, that works just like Facebook chat, or in a group setting, you can start a live real-time brainstorm and use some of the functionality to enhance the way ideas are reacted to and shared. So for example, instead of just chiming in on the phone, if I'm on a global web conference, mm. for example, the I can- The dreaded chiming in on a web oh, conference. Yeah. <laughs> no everyone's one enjoys on, that. Everyone's on mute anyway, aren't Please they? note, nobody enjoys that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or you think you're not on mute, but you've been on mute for yeah, five minutes right. and nobody heard your idea. <laughs> um, so you can respond in GIFs and emojis. Okay. Yeah, I and like what that. is more fun than responding in gifts or emojis? But you know, yeah. even gamifying the experience. But you know that 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 is at the crux of um, you know I, I've been doing this long enough to remember the days when we would decorate a room for a brainstorm and we would bring in tactile toys mm -hmm. um, and even think through a theme, and it actually always did create uh, a more spirited uh, mm. session. Um, I don't have any proof that the ideas were any better than uh, staring at four walls, but my <laughs> my theory is um, we were all in a better mood at the end. Yeah. And I think um, what we're seeing is Workplace affording us a digital yeah. version of that. A bit more fun in terms yeah. of engaging everybody yeah. on the team. In, if, in, in the iconography of the digital world, mm -hmm. yeah. And I think it makes it makes virtual collaboration more like real life. Mm -hmm. So if I use the video calling function, for example, and share my screen, I can see my colleagues' faces. They're not just a faceless voice on the phone or typing into a chat box, which really builds trust and I think a better 
energy when you're collaborating and brainstorming. Yeah, unless you're in your pajamas in the morning, in which case you might not. Want oh to yeah, the then I keep the webcam off. Yeah. <laughs> we actually, I rather, I have various creative colleagues who have no compunction about, you know, dialing in with with up ponytails and PJs, and I'm I've gotten very used to it. You know, <laughs> I'm really just quite used to it. Um, how things have changed. Well, especially if you want to be inclusive, and you know, time zones. I just can't stress enough since. We're talking about the power of a, you know, a global tool is probably the, another barrier that I should have mentioned is it's tough to be inclusive around an organized, mm. timed session, yeah. right? Because if you want to include your colleagues in China, and, and frankly, I sit in New York, even if I want to be courteous to my colleagues on the West Coast, um, it gets tricky, mm. I have to say. Yeah, well, I, working for a global organization, I, I hear you, the times that London, Hong Kong, and San Francisco mm-hmm. can get together on one call are minimal. So. Mm-hmm. Um, so point number two here, discover ideas people like. We talked a little about you get kind of immediate responses to the ideas that seem to be most popular, the gut reaction from the team. Yeah, so many of the functionality, just the simple like button, the range of reaction options, you get an instant gauge on sentiment and reaction to whatever it is that you're posting. There's also the comments feature. So instead of sending an all company email with an announcement, you know, Barry Rafferty can go live and stream a video mm-hmm. into our all company group and people can chime in and say, woohoo, that's great news. Or how many lions did we win so mm-hmm. far? Oh, great. And you can see this live conversation and it stays there. It lives there. Yeah. The, the other thing I'll say about, you know, sort of the uh, balloting or uh, taking the temperature of the crowd function is sometimes um, when you're getting ready to present your ideas to a client in the event that they were unable to participate or even if they are participating is, you know, it's not a scientific metric, but it at least shows that this is an idea that has mm. global resonance, which yeah. is oftentimes one of our challenges, which is um, if we're developing a global platform for a company, but the ideas are all born in one geography, yeah. um, it's it's less credible than if we can show, here's the idea that had the most universal appeal across multiple geographies. Is this going to resonate in the Middle East? Correct. If it does on the East Coast Correct. of America. So point number three here, you can share aha moments in real time. What's that all about? Mm-hmm. So I think to Karen's point earlier about you have to enable people to find their inspiration and share their inspiration while they're on the go. I was in a session earlier and someone cited the statistic that on average we touch our phones 2,600 times a day. Good Lord. And that's not even a heavy user. Mm. Yeah, I'm probably a lot more than that. (laughs) So thinking about, especially being here in Cannes, I can take out my phone and do a live video and show my colleagues who are at home in Chicago, in New York, in Toronto, in Singapore, and take them through some of these brand experiences Mm -hmm. or some of the best creative outputs in the world. And I can share it with them in real time. And we've got get the right brain power on a problem. Karen, how does that work? If everyone's chiming in, how do you how do you pull out uh, the the most valid points? Liz, do you want to come to that yeah, one? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it. There's a couple different ways. First of all, there's an org chart function, so you can search your colleagues by industry expertise, client ex, client association, etc. Second. 
just like you can in Facebook, you can tag a colleague by name. So right. for example, when I post in Daggerwing group and I say, hey, does anyone have an example of a culture blueprint? I need some more inspiration. I can first of all see the names of everyone who has seen my post. So if I know one of my culture experts in London, I can see, oh, they didn't even see this post. I'm going to tag them. Mm -hmm. So it'll push a notification to um, their phone and then they'll know, oh, I should go look at this. Liz needs my help. And they can chime in right there. Okay. And I, I would just say one other point since um, we are uh, talking quite a bit about workplace um, as if it's the only approach we take, which it isn't, um, when it comes to bringing the right brains into a challenge, whenever somebody joins Ketchum, we ask them to fill out what we call a passion panel. Okay. And we source from them their uh, avocational interests, not their professional interests, that, that which they are passionate about. And so if there's a client challenge that involves horseback riding or a client challenge that pertains to um, ballet dancing mm -hmm. or what have you, we can quickly, and this is all online, um, print out in short order or convene in short order uh, the group that has this passion and invite them to participate in a quick IM storm, which we do quite regularly. And I have to say, um, and I would be remiss if I didn't say this, that is one of my favorite ways to produce really good ideas. Mm. Because when you gather a group of people who are really passionate about something, um, they will make time for you, number one. Um, and maybe that's another barrier, time. Uh, mm -hmm. So they'll make time for you because they care deeply about the topic and they mm -hmm. feel expert in it. And then you really get insider insights um, that go a very long way. So passion panels have, have been very useful in terms of getting the right brains on the job. Yeah, that's a really good point. And one of the workplace customers I recently launched with um, is Weight Watchers. They have 18,000 global employees and had no way to reach everyone in one place. And what we've seen with the group creation since launch is that they created, I think it was in as little as four to six weeks after launch, employees had created over 750 different groups. Wow. But to Karen's point about bringing people's personal passions and letting them bring their whole selves to work and how that enhances the ideas and creative and time people will give you, I was fascinated. So. At Weight Watchers, there are general interest groups like pet owners or New York City runners, so people can find their, their people at mm. work that they share these other interests with. But 70% of the groups that were created were work and project team-based groups. So they really focused on moving actual workflows, but while still enabling people to connect on the fun part. Mm. So it's not just purely work, purely a social tool, to your point earlier, these lines are blurring so much and people have to be able to bring their whole selves to work. Which leads on to our final point, which is think beyond your own walls. So how important is that, Karen, in, in building, taking inspiration from everywhere, not just inside our little, our little bubble that we have yeah, here? Yeah, you know, so I would say um, one way, obviously, is to invite uh, non-communications professionals into the creative mm -hmm. process because um, those of us who uh, have 
developed a little bit of uh, a sort of patterned way of attacking problems, um, something we can't deny, benefit from the, what I'd call the sort of innocence and naivete of, of tapping young people who have not uh, been through professional training. So that, that is really the rationale for why we created uh, MindFire. So crowdsource um, tapping brains far and wide. Um, when, and I say this to all of our creative directors, when um, you are trying to solve a particular problem for a, a well or not so well understood target audience, bring members of the target audience mm -hmm. into the process. Um, I'll never forget, uh, this is just one of my favorite recollections of brainstorming uh, ideas for maiden form bras. Anyone ever hear of a maiden form bra? I don't oh, even is. know if they're still in business. The 1950s, they're rather large bras <laughs> and not the prettiest but just saying um, what I did uh, because no one I worked with wore maiden form bras was I asked a group of people to invite their mothers um, to come to a brainstorm and in all my days I have never had a better most of these women had no idea what we actually did for a living um, <laughs> but that was the beauty of the brainstorm their thinking was so genuine and ultimately so creative. Um, it, it, it just it strikes me as n another example of bringing um, the right thinkers in and uh, not necessarily professionally trained mm. thinkers in every time. Um, go global, um, avoid silos. Uh, it, it goes without saying. Last year in Cannes, we we did a session about the creative echo chamber. Don't make the mistake of tapping people who think just like you or who are likely to mm -hmm. affirm your thinking. Creative directors love affirmation um, and we inadvertently invite people who you know are going to cheer us on around our ideas. Try to bring people in who are going to challenge your thinking um, and be okay embracing mm -hmm. those challenges. So Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think public relations is still difficult to explain to everyone's mums, right? Have we, have Don't we, we know. <laughs> I'm we pretty sure my mom, mom, I'm not in advertising. I just no. really need to end Definitely this podcast by telling you that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll leave yeah. it with you there, ladies, because we're slightly melting in the sun and we could all do with a nice cold glass of water. I want to thank you both, Karen and Liz, for joining me today um, on the Croissette and uh, enjoy the rest of your stay. Thank you very much. Thank, thank you, you for, for having, having us. us. You've been listening to The Echo Chamber. Brought to you by The Homes Report and produced by Marketeers. Thanks also to Ketchum for bringing this special series of podcasts to you from Cannes Lions. <laughs>